Bush here with your Hometime Show podcast. Uh, I'm going to let you into a secret that no one listening to the live show would have been aware of whilst this was going on. Uh, as the show was taking place, in between when the songs were on, uh, I've been gluing the hand of my youngest daughter's uh, fairy back on again. So I bought this dead, cheap, tatty uh, fairy on a swing. She loves t- Kids love tat, don't they? Let's be honest with you. They love pound shop tat. Uh, I was in the pound shop earlier on, factory shop thing, and uh, there's this there's this kind of curved over tree with like a really badly glued, terribly painted fairy on a swing. And I bought it for her because I thought she might like it. You're supposed to put it in the garden. She absolutely loves it. But of course, being two and a bit, she's been mucking around with it. It's fallen off. Uh, the fairy's gone for a burden and her hand's smashed off. So uh, she's asked me, Daddy, can you fix it? And I kind of like the fact that she thinks I can fix stuff, which I really can't. Uh, so during the course of the show... Uh, her left hand has been glued back on again and uh, it's nearly set. So I thought I'd just let you into that right at the beginning of the podcast and say, enjoy the show and have a little wry smile to yourself about what's going on in the background. Uh, It's the soundtrack to the mini heat wave. The weather is gorgeous. I hope it's nice where you are. Normally, whenever you talk about nice weather on like a national radio station, you always get one person from Scotland. No offence, it's normally Scotland with the weather and says it's tipping down here. So if you're that one person, it might not be Scotland, but, you know, just cut us some slack. I'm sure it's going to be nice at some point before the day is through. But it just feels, it changes everything, doesn't it, when it's nice and sunny. It feels a bit of relief to get out in it. It makes you want to go and open every window in the house. The weird thing is as well, it's been gorgeous here, roasting hot here all day in Leon Sea. Where's the flipping ice cream van man when you need him? It's normally the ice cream van man turns up when it's cloudy Sticks his flipping green sleeves on really loud and wakes our two-year-old up for an afternoon nap. Now it's Scorchio. Where's he gone? I'll keep you posted on that. Uh, But I just want to say thank you if you are lounging around, soaking up the rays in your budgie smugglers with Absolute Radio or the whole family of Absolute Radio stations on in the background. We appreciate it. It's good that you're on board. But would you agree with me in saying that British locations never sound that great in relation to heat? So, you know, if it's really hot in Hull, hot in Hull or Tiverton, it doesn't really work. So... Here's my challenge to you in this first hour of the Hometime Show on this Roasting Hot Tuesday. Is there a way that you can make the sound of your local area sound a bit more continental to add that mini heatwave vibe? Adjust the name slightly. So, for example, me, I grew up in Brixham in Devon, and we would in many ways call it Torbados. It gives you that kind of vibe. Or down the road here, Basildon. A lot of people in Basildon in Essex call it Bas Vegas, and I kind of respect that. Rainbow Chaser has just tweeted to say uh, the place near him is Barry Bados, if you're Welsh. Fantastic. Sounds like a snooker player. Uh, Rob Sims has got in touch to say Swindon by the sea. Uh, Unless you're talking about the Oasis Leisure Centre, mate, I don't think that's going to cut it. Is that still going, the Oasis Leisure Centre? I think we saw Ned's Atomic Dustbin play a gig there back in the day. Paul Butler's been on to say he's listening in Sunny Swiss Cottage. Uh, which already sounds exotic. That's a really good point. If, if your local area already sounds heat wavy, then that's absolutely fine as well. Hi to Alan, who's listening in Prestonia. See what you've done there. Sounds a bit mountainous, though, and alpine. Uh, and then Billy says, we call Weymouth Waybetha, which is a bit of a stretch, but I'll go with it. <laughs> Teresa says, uh, there's nothing better than Western San Marino. Uh, obviously talking about Western Supermare. You know what? I, I would agree with that, although I used to live quite close to Western Supermare, and I remember watching some people coming out of a nightclub because they'd been gassed on a Saturday afternoon. Anyway, we drink in a nightclub on a really hot Saturday afternoon, you've got to be concerned about. So I don't know about that one, Teresa. Uh, this one, uh, Tex says, I live in Grey's Essex. We call it <laughs> Grey's Ambique. 
That does. That's like one going to do a field trip there. Steph listening in Costa del Corby uh, says uh, they've got absolutely ready on. It's Scorchio. And let's go to the phones. We've got Glenn on the line. Glenn, spice up your local area for us then, mate. Right, okay. So it's, um, I'm from Darlington. Um, and the abbreviation for Darlington's Darlow. So it's Monty Darlow. That's how we spice it up. <laughs> Monte Darlo. And if we were to take a, a, a walk out in this beautiful, glorious weather in Monte Darlo, what are we seeing? What places will we go to? Well, <laughs> there's not a great deal, to be honest with you. There must you be got, somewhere uh, you and I can go and relax in a car park, socially distanced, yeah, of course. Yeah, you've got, you've got Darlington Markets. Uh, you've got the, the Dolphin Centre. I mean, the Cornwall Shopping Centre. <laughs> sounds wicked up there, mate. It really does. Yeah. <laughs> And, and what are you doing whilst you're obviously we're honoured that you have uh, Absolute Radio, the home time show on the background during this hot weather. Have you been able to get oh, out right. in the garden a little bit and stuff? Yeah, we've, we've got a south-facing garden of ours, but to be, to be honest with you, now, I live in Stockport. Now, so I've moved from the northeast to the northwest. Uh, Fantastic. And... In the, garden. The, the girls are playing in the garden. We've got the trampoline. So, yeah, all's good. Living the dream. Listen, thanks very much. Yep, no problem, Matt. Amy's emailed in to say that we call Ross on Y, Ross Vegas, and the Forest of Dean... Far east of Dean. Sounds very exotic. Uh, a text here says, I grew up in Barnet, and someone keeps putting a piece of duct tape over the letter E on the motorway exit sign, making it sound Barnet. They've been doing it for years. I love that. Uh, someone else says, what about the delights of Manchester Torremolinos? Bit of a stretch, that one. But we do have Joe on the line. Joe, what's it like where you are, mate, right now? Absolutely beautiful, yes. I finished work at 3 o'clock. I came straight outside, put myself a glass of wine, and I'm now in my greenhouse. <laughs> It, isn't it roasting in there? You can't sit in a greenhouse. I'm, I'm in and out, so I, I'm planting seeds. <laughs> you must be sweating cobs in there, Joe. You sweating cobs? A, a little bit, yeah. <laughs> now, Joe, tell us, uh, you you may have an amazing way of uh, continentaling up your local area, exotifying it. Tell us about it. Uh, I live in Blackapulco, which is Blackpool, Black- obviously. Blackapulco. Going loco yeah. down in Blackapulco. That's fantastic. Correct. Yeah, it's great. I love that pool. You know, we've got all the tower and all the major attractions here. So when all the bands are lifted, please, everybody float to to Blackpool and uh, have a nice time. Do you know what, right? And I can't wait to go to Blackpool again because we went to Blackpool for our fish and chip shop tour, Richie and I. Uh, And this is nothing in a bad way to Blackpool. But it's just one of them nights. We went out midweek. It was quite horrible weather. We went out for a meal and then went to the pub. It is the only place I've ever been out where I've not seen another person, bar the people that's actually serving us. So I'd love to come back up to Blackpool, Blackapulco, and have a proper knees up, because surely there's people there wanting a good time. Absolutely, all the time. (laughs) We're always having a good knees up. Well, there you go. You enjoy your knees up in your, your greenhouse, and it's good to speak to you. Thank you very much. Uh, Mike says, funny you should mention it, in Hull, it's boiling hot here in Hullalulu, as he calls it. Another Mike says, uh, well, actually, it's the same one. I've just copied it twice. That's a bit stupid, isn't it? Uh, but, yeah, you can get in touch with the show on Twitter as well, at Absolute Radio. Uh, we've got Aaron on the line right now. Aaron, uh, where are you, and is it hot? Is it nice? Absolutely gorgeous. Um, I'm actually fishing just um, about 20 miles out of Great Yarmouth at the minute, and, uh, yeah, it's beautiful. That's so weird. My my dad, my dad Nigel, is fishing as we speak right now in Exmouth. Uh, he's had about a, a month run of catching absolutely nothing, but he's caught uh, two fish so far, according to my mum. We had a chat earlier on on the phone. Aaron, how's your fishing going so far? All good. Yeah, I've had five so far. Yeah, brilliant. And what kind of fishing do you do? I bought him one of those pole things so he can fish right into the middle, like fifteen feet into the centre of a lake. Have you got one of them? No, um, I actually just use sort of normal just carp rods. Um, I'm just carp fishing really. Yeah, I don't use a pole. 
And that must be glorious in weather like we've got today. Oh, absolutely beautiful. A few beers, sun's out, gorgeous. Yeah, loving it. Amazing. Yeah. Well, listen, tell, tell us the uh, where you've spiced up where you used to live or your local neck of the woods. So it's Great Yarmouth on the coast in Norfolk, obviously, and um, a, a lot of the locals know, know it as the Costa del Yarco. <laughs> Costa del Yarco, that sounds fantastic, doesn't yeah, it? Glamorous. <laughs> Good lad. Well, listen, have an amazing rest of your fishing day. Enjoy it. Take Very it much. easy. And cheers for listening to Absolute Radio. Of course, all the time. Uh, just to let you into what I've been up to, went to the park earlier on this morning with our two-year-old daughter, Thea, who, like any toddler, wants to go on everything about 100 miles an hour. And I just kind of walked around after her with a bad back. But I ended up on the um, the roundabout with her because she's too little to go on it on her own. So I ended up on it with her. And do you know what? I nearly threw up. Uh, and the other kids in the, in the play park were absolutely horrified. I had to crawl off this thing, even though it was going really slowly. I had to crawl off it. Uh, on all fours, like the Hoff. Do you remember that video of uh, David Hasselhoff in just jeans and cowboy boots? It was it was a disgrace. And you know the weird thing is, right? No one tells you uh, that when you're older, something happens to your inner ear and you can't enjoy roundabouts anymore. I think there's science behind it. I do believe it's like an inner ear based thing. It's not just I, I've just suddenly got older and lost my stomach for the fight of roundabouts. I think something's happened in my inner ear, which is so disappointing because. Um, I don't know if you feel the same way, but if I'd have known about this whole roundabout thing when I was a kid, I'd have gone on roundabouts a lot more. I feel like I neglected roundabouts because they're slightly uninspiring. You always feel like they're just always going to be there. Do you know what I mean? And swings and uh, seesaws get more of the attention. And that, in many ways, I'm coming to do uh, to terms with this this evening, that my roundabouting career is over. That is pretty much it. Uh, and there should have been an assembly about it. Why wasn't there an assembly about this inner ear thing and roundabouts when you're at school? Just to explain, sit you down and just explain it to you. So my question to you lot this evening in this second hour of home time is, what thing about adult life, right, should they have explained to you and spelt it out to you when you're in an assembly at school? Do you know what I mean? Like sit you down and actually talk you through it. So you don't just suddenly find out when you're later on down the line, you had no idea it was coming. Like, for example, Kat has just tweeted to say, uh, we should have been told to take all the naps on offer. That's it. When you get a bit older and there's no chance for naps anymore, I wish I'd have taken more naps. So naps, roundabouts, anything else? There should have been an assembly about when we were at school. Catherine says buying a house. Still genuinely clueless. I don't know. How, it, it, sometimes it is just a bit like, what? how does it even work? I thought for ages that banks were like really nice. Oh, that's so nice of them to lend you a load of money. It's so nice and so trusting. And then suddenly you realise it ain't what it seems. Carl says putting up girls' hair when you've got daughters. That's a really good point. There should have been an assembly about that. Uh, Kaylee reckons shopping aisle etiquette. Is there a one-way system? Which side do you go? I think people should have... Um, little lights on the corner of their trolleys. You know, like um, ships in the night pass on certain sides, don't they? Well, that didn't pan out particularly well in the Suez Canal. And Joanne uh, says, uh, it should be made very clear in an assembly that you only get four weeks holiday a year. The first summer at work is a shock to the system. We've got Debs on the line. What things should there have been a school assembly about, in your opinion, Debs? How much pasta to cook for a family. Because <laughs> I always cook way too much or not enough. That's and a really rice. good point. Just showered out rice as well. And rice as well. It's the, there's no hard and fast rule, is there? And if you cook too no. little, it's almost like the rest of the family set upon you almost, like you're, you're undermining them. Well, it's like also leftover pasta is not that great. That's a really good point. So there should have been a proper sit down, go through it, maybe with a whiteboard, uh, assembly yeah. about this, don't you think? And scales and everything, yes. Love it. Debs, thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you. Uh, we've got Ellie on the line. Ellie, what do you want to say? Well, 
your roundabout days aren't over. <gasps> Please tell me how. How can I still keep going on roundabouts without feeling sick, Ellie? So if you imagine your inner ear system as being yeah. like um, the old school balancing set of scales where you'd have to put weights on one end to weigh your flower out on the other side, your yeah. ears are very similar. So if you're rotated at a certain speed three times clockwise, you essentially build up the weight on one side of your inner ear, so it would make you feel dizzy or sick if you were then to step, step off the roundabout. If you then go anti-clockwise in uh, same speed, the same number of revolutions, your inner ear then balances out, and you shouldn't feel dizzy or sick afterwards. Wow, that's amazing. This is a game changer. So if I get them to go, I'll have to ask the kids down at the playground, but if they can push me around the other way, the equal amount of times, I'm going to be okay. Yeah, this is a, I do a, like an inner ear vestibular session when I'm at work. And this is one of the games I get everyone to play to work out who's got an inner ear problem is stand up, turn five times in one direction at the same, at a certain speed, then go the opposite direction at the same speed, same number of evolutions, let's see who's dizzy. Ellie, this is amazing. This is amazing intel. Can you please tell me what your job is then? How do you know these amazing things? Uh, So I am a falls and vestibular specialist physio uh, working in Hackney. Fantastic. Well, there you go. That is top-level information for you right there. Maybe my roundabout days aren't over. Ellie, thank you so much. No worries. Thanks so much. It's time for the Tuesday Tombola. We don't know what's going to happen here. We're going to spin the Tombola back at home base. I'm still working from home at the moment. Uh, so uh, Richie's off. We would normally be spinning it in the current setup, which means he's deputised by uh, the tooting ball botherer, our producer, Adem, who's in the studio to spin the Tombola for me. Aren't you, Adem? Yeah, evening. Uh, also, I'm not I'm not based in tooting anymore. I'm in Leighton, so you're going to have to think of another nickname. Just thought that. If anyone can come up with a good nickname for him, tooting ball botherer kind of work. The Leighton... What? Something like that. Uh, Adem, what ball are we going to be working from which pertains to a particular phoning topic tonight? Let's put my hand in the heart. It is ball number 72. Let's have a look. Ball 72 is pertains to the phoning boat stories. Very apt at the moment with the whole thing that's going on in the Suez Canal with that massive boat's blocked all the traffic. I think it got turned today a little bit, which is good news. So look, here you go. Final hour of the Hometime Show tonight. It's going to go one or two ways, unlike the boat in the Suez Canal. Have you got any stories of anything to do with boats? Been on a boat, been near a boat, had a party on a boat, friend had a boat, anything goes. Uh, John, Mark and Barry have texted to say, Bush, did you know the acronym BOATS? stands for based on a true story. I'm not 100% sure whether they're trying to pull the wool over my eyes there for just a second. I've got a boat-related story. I might just chuck in the mixer here for you right now. Uh, Back in the day, I think I was probably 18, 19, I was invited by my friend Kester Jones uh, to go on the staff party of where he worked for a world-famous fast food chain. Okay, but they had, they had one of their outlets was in, uh, in Torquay. Kester worked there, so he invited me along one summer's night. And it was a boat party thing. We set off from Torquay Harbour with like 15, 20 people and speakers on the back and all that kind of thing. It was quite choppy, so the boat was all over the place. Anyway, a few people got quite drunk. They had a fight on the back of the boat. So there was loads of people like fighting each other. The captain was on the Tannoy loudspeaker thing telling everyone to calm down. He locked himself in the cabin bit as well and said, right, if you don't stop fighting, we're going back to, going back to the harbour. People didn't stop fighting. He turned this boat round on like 90 degrees, steamed it back to Torquay Harbour where the police were waiting for us all. 
uh, on the actual jetty there. And we ended up in the Herald Express newspaper on the next day. So I just want to say a big thank you to Kester for inviting me on that unbelievable evening. And if I ever go into that fast food place to buy food, I always give them a knowing wink. Uh, someone here anonymously says, I once rescued a speedboat on Lake Windermere at midnight. A speedboat on Lake Windermere at midnight sounds like the basis of a film. And Bailey from Barnsley says, Bush, a bloke I work with used to be a shipbuilder. Uh, we were on a ferry going over to Belfast, and he told me that the difference between a boat and a ship is simple. You can put a boat on a ship, but not a ship on a boat. I don't know if he's pulling my leg or not. Is that true? We've got Luke on the line right now. Luke, tell us what happened to you on a boat. So my friend and I, we were in Brixham in Devon. Hey, my um, hometown. On a family holiday with his family, and we were probably in our young teens, and we booked up for a, a fishing trip, and um, we booked in. Oh, we booked in the day before, and then the following day we turned up, and Chaz and Dave and their drummer just happened to be booked in on the same trip. So, um, what are the odds on that going wreck fishing, sea fishing with Chaz and Dave in Brixham? Yes. Slightly unusual, but um, true story. And uh, so, yeah, we went out for the day fishing with them, thinking that they would be all kind of quite, you know, chatty and jovial, but they weren't. They were obviously quite into their fishing. They weren't really into us uh, being a bit starstruck, as it were. And, um, yeah, Dave was furious because I, I hooked his uh, his line. And I was trying to reel in, thinking I'd caught a big fish, and really I'd caught Dave, really. Uh, he was... <laughs> <laughs> quite a big a big beast I suppose at the time but um, yeah I love that amusing day so Dave, Dave's there thinking he's landed a monster but he's actually just hooked your line that's literally he's it pretty much hooked my line yes love it and thank you so uh, much yeah it's quite it's quite a quite a funny story and every time I do like a an icebreaker type story and on a, a course or something like that for work I always bring that one up because it's uh, quite an intriguing tale but uh Totally. A fishing yeah. trip with Chaz and Dave. You can't get any better than that. Luke, thanks so much. Have a good Tuesday night. Yeah, you too. See ya. Bye-bye. There you go. That's the podcast in the bag. Do not miss Dominic Diamond tomorrow. Cannot wait to speak to him about Games Master, my favourite TV show from back in the day. And yeah, if you follow me on Twitter, at Bush on the radio, I've posted a photo of the fairy looking a million dollars.